Hello, and welcome to United Health Group's Weekly Dose podcast, where we'll get you up to speed on the latest trends shaping the future of healthcare. I'm your host, Evan Sweeney. Before we begin this week's episode, we'd like to acknowledge the devastating impact COVID-19 is having on India. Earlier this month, United Health Group, through the United Health Foundation, donated $1 million in response to the public health crisis in India. United Health Group is also offering a one-to-one match for employees making a financial donation to nonprofit organizations in India. If you'd like to contribute, visit giving.uhg.com. Now to this week's episode. This week, we're focusing on the impact of COVID-19 globally, including Latin America, where the virus has resurged in recent weeks, impacting health systems in a number of countries, including Brazil, Chile, Peru, and Colombia, where United Healthcare operates. 2020 was particularly challenging for Latin America, and in recent months, countries like Brazil have been hard hit by newly emerging variants, driving a spike in cases, which has been compounded by a limited access to vaccines. Joining us today to talk about how the pandemic has impacted Latin America is Amy Shaw, CEO of United Healthcare Global. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Evan. Great. Um, well, maybe first you can uh, tell us a little bit about UHC Global. I'm sure um, you know many of our colleagues know of it and maybe have uh, you know some sense of of what that covers. But you know, who are the customers uh, and, and what does that business do? We are both an insurance and a delivery business. We uh, serve about seven million members, five million of which are medical members, two million are dental members. We own hospitals, about 50 of them, as well as about 200 clinics and outpatient centers. We operate really in two main businesses, global markets and global solutions. In our global markets, we have our insurance and care delivery assets in South America, spanning across Brazil, Chile, Colombia, and Peru. And then in Portugal, we also have uh, hospitals that we operate in that country. And in our global solutions business, we provide health and well-being solutions for globally mobile populations, uh, primarily expats and international travelers. Okay. So sort of a broad uh, uh, selection there for for everyone. Um, So you became CEO relatively recently, correct? Can Can you tell me a little bit more about these first few months? What have you been focused on? What sort of observations you've made? Yeah, absolutely. So I had the honor and privilege of being asked to be CEO effective January 1st of this year. And I'll tell you, it's been um, it's been a lot of fun and a lot of learning and a lot of uh, getting to know the team, if you will, uh, over telepresence and other uh, communication vehicles. But I would say for the most part, most of our markets have been going through second and or third waves of COVID since January. And so we have just been laser focused on making sure that we are serving our members and that those who use our delivery assets in the markets where we have them are getting the best possible care. We're also focused on our clinicians and frontline employees, ensuring that they get the care that they need as they're really bearing the brunt of this pandemic uh, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Can can you give us a bit of a, a, a status update on, you know, where things are now? And again, we're we're recording this on uh, May 5th. So so things could change um, between now and when this airs. But what, what's happening now? Um, and, and, you know, how are these com- these countries managing? 
Yeah, I would say that we're in a variety of different states across our markets. Um, in Portugal, they reached their third peak in January and have been steadily declining since. Uh, within Brazil, they had a very severe second wave that peaked, you know, started maybe late December, continuing through first quarter, peaked late March, early April. And so we're starting to slowly see COVID levels decline there, but it's still fairly elevated. Uh, same story in Chile. Uh, they peaked in February, March, and are seeing a very slow decline as well. I'd say Colombia and Peru are are still pretty high in, in the intense um, you know, battle of COVID at this point, but hopeful that, that they too will reach a peak soon and start a slow decline. And, and is that driven um, largely by, by the variants that have emerged or are, is there other factors at play? Yeah, I think it's a couple of different things. Um, certainly they all believe that variants are a factor. I think we have all of the variants in all of our markets and so, mm-hmm that being much more aggressive than the first wave of COVID. I think also, especially in South America, they're in their summer. And so they had some um, celebration events in January, February, as well as, uh, you know, high holidays time and season for them where people got outside a little bit more and interacted with one another. And I think that also contributed to some of the spread. Yeah. And I mean, I think obviously in the, in the U S here, we're, you know, uh, focused on, on getting vaccinated. Many, you know, we're seeing the vaccination levels rise. Are, are places like, you know, Brazil, Chile, Peru, the, those that you mentioned, uh, seeing that same impact, uh, how is that vaccination rollout going? I would say that it's probably the most successful in Chile. Um, and you know, again, there are a variety of reasons as to why our markets um, have had success with vaccination strategies. I would say that getting adequate supply into country and ensuring that the um, communities have access to the vaccine are are top of mind. But I would say that we're most advanced in Chile with probably about 25 to 30% of the population having received both doses, which I think is somewhat consistent with the United States. And then we drop down into mid double digits or single digits in the rest of our markets. And so there's a ways to go yet on the vaccine. And I think that there's, um, you know, there's a supply issue that they're trying to work through. Right, right. And it does, it seems to underscore too, I mean, this is truly a global um, pandemic. It's, you know, we, we, we certainly feel it in the U.S. where we are, but I mean, this is th- these types of waves and, and vaccination issues are, are happening around the globe. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, too, you know, with the with the rise of COVID and the second waves in South America, we're seeing um, a larger number of people needing to be on ventilators. And that's creating a supply issue, not just for our business, but for the countries, quite frankly, of certain drugs that are needed to intubate people in order to put them on ventilation. And I'm proud to say that the power of the global reach, you know, through our efforts, we've been able to source various medications in partnership with our colleagues at Optum, in partnership with drug manufacturers and other distributors across the globe to get the much needed medications into country so that we can continue to treat COVID patients as well as other patients who are seeking care. Yeah. 
How has the pandemic, I mean, you know, we're talking about sort of what's been happening recently, but even over the last years uh, in some of the the countries where we operate, um, how has that impact uh, been sort of similar or different than what we've seen um, in the U.S. health system? Are there similarities? Um, you know, how, how has that sort of played out? I would say for the most part, they're similar. I mean, there are different degrees of it depending on when um, each of the countries peaked and certain, um, you know, environmental factors as to whether or not it was summer or winter, et cetera. But I would say for the most part, it's very similar. And I think the, the biggest takeaway that we have from this pandemic is that we learned how to be much more agile. We learned that, um, we need to put more effort, much more effort into ensuring that our clinicians and frontline employees have an outlet um, from a mental health perspective. I, they're just, they've been fighting this fight for over 365 days. And as you can imagine, it's really taking a toll on them. Yeah. Um, are, are there certain things that have emerged as sort of like um, changes to those health systems? And, and I understand it's difficult uh, to make sort of broad generalizations when you're talking about multiple countries uh, that may have different sort of nuances to their system. But are there things that have emerged that have, um, you know, maybe indicated there could be changes to those systems going forward? Yeah, I, I would say in the short term, there have been a couple of things such as the um, emergence of telemedicine in some of our markets that was more strictly regulated or not permitted. And most of our uh, local communities have been able to set up and stand up, quite frankly, telemedicine capabilities pretty quickly. I think also there have been some loosening of the formalities around importing of medications, et cetera, just trying to make sure that we can get the right medicines into the countries when they're needed. But more permanent, sustainable changes to healthcare, I'm, I'm sure they're on the horizon, but they haven't emerged yet. What are some of the biggest challenges that still remain in, the, in those countries, even sort of after the last year, uh, whether they were there previously and, and are still here or, or have, have newly emerged? I would say that COVID just really heightened a sense of um, unrest, if you will, in some of our markets in South America. And there are a lot of um, you know, political and, and other things going on in the markets that have been fueled by COVID to some degree, although the sentiment and some of the, the underlying issues and topics that are being addressed now have always been there. And, you know, this is just a this is just a really unique time for most of our markets. Yeah. What are you uh, focused on right now, uh, even beyond COVID or looking forward to the next uh, to the rest of 2021? What's sort of in your area of focus? So I'd say in addition to obviously just ensuring that we're providing the best care possible to our members and, and those who use our delivery assets, we're just focused on executing our business plan. I think the core fundamentals of our businesses are strong. We have the right team in each of our countries. They're energized, they're committed, and they live our mission every day. And so we're just trying to execute on our business plan so that we can deliver care to more people at an affordable cost. Uh, I'm curious, what what would you say to, you know, whether it's a UHG employee or, or someone else who maybe doesn't know a lot about the United Healthcare Global business? Um, you know, what, what would you sort of say to them to help describe that, to help get a better understanding of what impact uh, that business has around the globe? I would say that um, 
you know, it's 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 much similar to the health systems and, and teams that we have in the U.S. We have insurance operations who are laser focused on affordability and trying to provide affordable solutions to the communities in which they operate. We've got care delivery assets that are focused on providing the highest quality care at the lowest price point and, you know, supporting our globally mobile um, members as well. And so I, I would just say there are a lot of similarities, you know, health, health systems and, and the issues that are facing health systems domestically are the same issues that we're facing everywhere in the world. And we may have different languages and different regulatory uh, regimes, if you will, governing them. But for the most part, it's a bunch of people who are really committed to health care and living our mission. So in other words, those sort of core uh, those core things around access, affordability, quality that we sort of talk about yeah. uh, a lot in the U.S. That th- those same um, th- those are those translate everywhere. Absolutely. Um, great. Well, Amy, listen, it was great uh, talking to you, and really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Evan. It was good to meet you and talk to you as well. That's it for this week's episode of the Weekly Dose Podcast. Join us next week for a discussion about the latest on the ACA exchanges. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your week.